This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille, and welcome to the season one finale of Unrefined. We will be back in a few months with season two, and we'll have brand new episodes that we aren't scrambling to produce on a weekly basis, so we're going to need your stories more than ever. Today we've got an episode that's heavy on nostalgia, and it's timely given that kids and teachers are wrapping up the school year. Today, we are talking about summer camp. I loved summer camp when I was a kid, and we went to several summer camps together. What was your favorite one? Oh man, I think they all they all filled different different kind of needs for what camps were in the summer. I went to a tennis camp. I went to a Christian camp, and I went to a it was called a gifted and talented camp where you took classes during the day, but then you did like fun activities with people and you had to have like a certain grade to get in. And yeah, it was pretty nerdy, but also really fun. But really, and I know that we've talked about this. I've Our kind of main focus of camp were boys. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was like a, a whole new world would open up when you would go to camp and at least get to meet people from different places and people from cities. There were people from cities that had like four high schools. Insane. Insane. And like a movie theater and a mall. What? Crazy town. Like it was like the floodgates opened up and we were showered in yeah. preteen boys, which was good then. Then where this is in context. Yeah. Okay. In context. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember, and we went to the same camp for many, many years and then later became counselors at that same camp. Yes. And the romance went from writing little letters to each other to straight up wet, hot American summer. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Like live action boyfriends. Live action boyfriends. Yes. <laughs> With all the weird tingly feelings and yes. the bad kissing, all of it just was yeah. right there. I remember the first kiss I ever got was like a the first like lip on lip kiss. Mm-hmm. There was no tongue involved, but there was a lip, lip, lip. And it was like, one, 1,000, two, 1,000, break. So it was like, it was a serious, like, hold hold there. Maybe some spit got, like, on a lip from the other person. Ooh. I know. And I hunted him down from day one that I saw him at that Christian chorus camp that we went to. Oh, choir camp was my favorite. Well, not my favorite. I loved choir camp. Isn't that bizarre? I loved it, too. Well, they kind of like dropped you on this very tiny college campus in the mountains and we got free reign yeah. of this campus. Free reign. And I remember buying all of the clearly Canadians from like the little <laughs> yeah. the little gift shop area. Yeah, we pounded some fucking clearly Canadians. And were they clearly Canadian? Were they was it clear to us that they were Canadian or was that just a catchy name? I think it was pretty clear. Yeah. 
Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> and the bottles were so fancy. They were glass. Yeah. At the Huckleberry. That's where we would go get like cheeseburgers or grilled cheeses and and they had ice yeah. cream. They had really good milkshakes, I remember. But yeah, it was that beautiful mountainous college campus. And I saw this boy, his name was Walton. And I can say that because I've seen him since, believe it or not, years later. But he was so cute and he had like a, a little beaded necklace that he wore. And a, I just remember him in a white yeah. polo shirt, little beaded necklace, right? Yeah. And I just stalked him until he would hang out with me. And then he was like, I've got to go back to the cabin. We're leaving very early. And I was like, I'll walk you. <laughs> and he was like, that's okay. You don't have to. And I was like, no, I will walk you. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I was like, this is happening tonight. It's happening for me. And I had that lip on lip on lip action. Smooching. Getting me ready for, for when I was in the back row of the movies. But yeah, I loved choir camp. And Shannon, do you remember we were talking about this the other day? We we sang that very like guttural. The German one? German song that translates to holy, holy, holy. But it was like. Heilig, heilig, heilig. It was like very, it was like very Third Reichish in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's because it was German. Do you remember? I remember we would have like choir practice, and then we we would also have these small groups. And I remember Madonna's "Like a Prayer" had come out, and there was so much controversy over it. By today's standards, it is not controversial at all, at all. And I remember. Some guy was like breaking it down and we watched the video and we went through scene by scene and he kind of like broke it down. So it was not as controversial, which I thought was really like progressive. I don't remember that. I think I was probably staring at Walton, Walton making yeah. him I'm like staring at me, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's very progressive as yeah. well. Cause my mom didn't want me to watch that video. She was not interested and she didn't have a whole lot of things that she was adamant about but she did not like that mtv video with madonna singing in the church on fire and then she made out with the black jesus very confusing and i don't think it was because it was a black jesus it was just madonna should not be pressing her breast against any jesus form oh madonna oh madonna i also remember not really understanding how collect calls worked and i think we went and mary gray didn't go and we tried to her on a payphone, like, and we made a collect called her, not realizing that how it worked. Exactly. Was she already? Had she already moved? I don't think she had moved. I just think she couldn't go. I can't remember. Or maybe it was like we went to a junior high year, and she was still in the fifth grade. And right, be with that group. I remember two guys. Do you remember the guy Brandon? He was very skinny and little, and he wore. Andre Agassi tennis shorts. And he and this other guy played a tennis match over me. What? Oh, that is ringing some bells. He was little and he wore these. They were like, they looked like acid wash jean shorts with neon pink bike shorts underneath them that were Andre Agassi for like Nike or Reebok or something. And he and this other guy were like, oh yeah, let's take it to the courts. Oh my gosh. And I was like... (laughs) Guys, stop. I don't even think I watched the whole match. I think I was like, this is boring. Let's go, Shannon. That's so funny. It's like we were trying to mimic 
movies that we were watching. Yeah, right. I don't know. That's funny, though. You know, I dragged Alan to that campus a couple years ago. I was like, let's let's go. <laughs> we, we drove over there. It's tiny. Like, it's so small. Really? Yeah. But it felt huge when we would, like, walk back on the trails to the cabin. Yeah. Or to our, like... At one point, I think we stayed, like, up on a hill. Like... Yes. Like, in this little rooming house or something. Yeah. And the lady that ran that rooming house had been my student teacher at some point in elementary school and she still had these pot holders I had made her from like this weird little pot holder loom thing but she remembered I had no idea who she was but she remembered me which is weird that is that is very weird but I guess you never know who you have an effect on right she must really like pot or your pot holders yeah were super dope and she was like (laughs) These are going to be with millions one day. That's obviously what the case was, right? I also remember at Gifted and Talented Camp that a boy that I liked, we were like together and he got caught smoking a cigarette <gasps> at the camp. And that was like a no-go. It, it was just like not a three strikes you're out. That was like- To get sent home? Yes. He got sent home. And this is when my my love of Greenwood, of like the town, two towns over, became like the place I wanted to go because I met all these uh-huh. cool people that smoked cigarettes and were like hot and bad. How old were they and you? I think ninth grade was the last year. The summer after your ninth grade was the last year you could go or the summer before your ninth grade year. Okay. So it was like definitely all middle school to ninth grade. Okay. And I just remember he had to leave. And so everybody came out and brought their guitars, all his friends, and everybody sat. (laughs) (laughs) They give him a guitar salute. Literally, they were like playing like Desperado. And everybody was like playing, you know, whatever song on the guitar um, as like a goodbye to him and like people were crying and and I remember he kissed me and I was like oh god he kissed me not a not I still hadn't had like the tongue kiss yet but it was another like lip kiss and I was like oh my god I'm gonna miss him so much he was like a genuine cigarette smoking folk hero oh man I mean I have pictures of it I have many pictures of the lineup now, is he, is this the same kid that came to your birthday party and gave you no, like full on makeout kiss? No, no, that was okay. A, that was a friend of somebody I'd met at that camp. Okay, so that kid, that guy didn't no, actually no, no, go no. to the camp. He was he was like, nah, I wouldn't do that. I play baseball and football. I don't go to learning stuff, learning camps. I don't go to nerd camp. I love nerd camp. I did too. So at this camp, you had different classes you took. You could choose your classes, but not everybody could get all the classes they wanted, right? And so I got, I always got um, musical theater class, which was amazing. That tracks. Yep. (laughs) That makes sense. And then I got, I really liked the chemistry class because you would do like all these like fun experiments, you know, you'd like make slime before that was a thing or you do make little yeah. things blow up and it was always super sweet you know we got to wear huey protective glasses and then um there was always one class that i didn't really want and i would get like one year i got debate class and then another year i got statistics class oh that's like torture it was after lunch 
I was, it was all, we were always so tired and we'd been out in the sun and he, we would like get our TI 85s or whatever. And the guy would just sit behind a desk and talk about statistics. And I just remember going, this has got, this is like the worst. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever had to do at a summer camp. Why would they even make that an option? Like that just seems like a bad idea. I'm sure it's because if if you're going to make a, a gifted and talented class, you have to have academics as well as whatever. But I just don't under because there were there were kids that chose it. There was this kid behind me that was like, yay, <laughs> and like he chose to do statistics, and he he had this he did this great Rain Man impersonation where he'd be like data. Oh my god, definitely well, of data. Course he did. <laughs> You mentioned a lot of classes. Do you remember when you got back from Spain and I was at governor's school in Charleston and Brooke's mom brought you and Brooke (gasps) down so that we could reunite when I was there? Yes. I remember being very nervous because I felt very overweight. Oh, you were not. And I was very nervous that y'all were going to like be ashamed of me or something because I'd gained so much weight. I think we were just so glad you were back. I do remember. I do remember that it was a very weird feeling to to be back because just after after so many different experiences, it was very weird to like reunite. Yeah, but I do remember that now. I haven't thought about that in forever. Yeah, that was like a month long. They just cut us loose in Charleston, and and it was a bunch of nerds taking nerd classes. I took a marine biology class, and I was obsessed. With like at least two guys. I wonder if we, if I know them. One of them was a swimmer and he looked like a swimmer. Mmm, great shoulders. Yummy. Yeah. And the other one was like a surfer, like a little blonde surfer guy. I think his name was Mike. But I also remember, this is how nerdy it was. Everyone was comparing SAT scores. And the first time I took my SATs, I did not get a great score. But I had taken them just a few months before going to governor school and my second set of scores came back while I was there, like right before I left. And I was like, oh, thank God. God. At least it's like at least it's like a four digit number and like not the nine hundred score <laughs> I had gotten the first time. Because everyone there was so freaking smart. And oh, this is another thing about that camp. There were people there talking about following fish. And I had no clue what they were talking about when they were talking we didn't know anything about fish nothing like zane did no idea i had no clue that this was a band i did not know that it was a a thing that people did was to follow this band around like i thought f-i-s-h yeah right like (laughs) no clue and i just went the whole summer pretending like i knew what they were talking about but I didn't. You're like, yeah, man, jump around the room, man. Uh, uh, yeah, man, uh, take the drugs on the veggie burrito ride, man. I just, I don't know. I just felt very small town in some of those situations. Well, God, we were. Yeah. I mean, that was why camps were so important because we were able to get out and meet different people. Yeah. It was so important. Hey, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a tasty budget red that I picked up at my favorite little grocery store. How about you? Yeah, I'm drinking something similar. Can I read you something that's a little provocative? Yeah, bring it. Opulent. Big, 
bold and a candidate to stand proudly alongside Napa's finest cold wines. Iridium shows dark, rich chocolate, caramel toffee and blackberries laced with oak spice, white pepper and black cherry, firm, well-integrated tannins, and a solid acid backbone give way to a richly decadent mouthfeel with lingering notes of mocha, cassis, and classic Cabernet notes of graphite. This is a family company, and we can't use all the silky, sexy, libidinous words that come to mind drinking this, but rest assured, It is a rich, round, plush, hedonistic powerhouse that you might imagine, oh yes, tons of dark fruit, mocha, lavishly spiced and hyper-luxurious Cabernet, and a very modern style. Oh, last bottle of wine porn. I wonder how you get the job writing those wine descriptions. I don't know how you get that job, but sign me up. This was today's last bottle wine, Iridium 2016, a Sterling Cab. It retails for $175, but last bottle was selling it for $95. Still way outside my wine budget, but that's a huge discount. Yeah, that is a huge discount, and I'm sure I know some people who could swing it and maybe invite me over to help them drink it. Ooh, I love that idea. You know, if our audience uses the last bottle link in the show notes to set up an account, they get a $10 credit. Oh, I'm aware. (laughs) I know we get a credit too when they make their first purchase. It would be really nice to up my wine game a bit. Agreed. All right, listeners, check the show notes for the last bottle link and get to work upping your wine game and ours. We also became counselors at the camp, and I just learned today that kitchen raids were planned. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I'm shocked. I was such a goody-goody counselor that I was like, no, we're not – we can't do a kitchen raid. We'll get in trouble. And then today, a million years later, I found out – I find out that they were planned, and you could do them whatever you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would cool. we would psych these kids up like we would all but paint them in camouflage, like we got would practice like army crawls. <laughs> I mean, which which takes so much time too. Like, yeah, you, it, and then before you know it, it's like bedtime, time to go make out with another counselor. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So of all the camps that we've mentioned, the one that really sticks out in my mind is the one that you're just now talking about that real quintessential sleep in the cabin, row a canoe, swim in a lake, church, summer camp. And what's so fun about this one is that we did experience it as campers and as counselors. But you want to hear my letters? Yes. There are two. Yes. I have two letters. Okay. I love it. I love it. Both are from the boy who I had a crush on at camp. This is, I think, middle school because mm-hmm. I don't know why I think that. But <laughs> And what's really good is there's some inside jokes here that I have no memory of, but we clearly thought that we were hilarious. So this one says, Shannon, so how did you like camp? Do you, do you know who 
Adair was. And let me tell you, the spelling on this, who is spelled H-E-W. Hugh. Bless his little heart. Okay. Yeah. So how did you like camp? Do you know who Adair was? I danced with her a lot at the dance a lot. Adair and I stayed out the whole night. We came back in at 6.30. It would be a whole lot funner if you were there. Well, I hope you go back next time. Well, you better write me back. I think you're just so beautiful. Not. (laughs) Tell Camille I said hi. I'll give you... (laughs) I'll give you back your necklace if you come back next year. Love, Bud the Stud. Like, literally, that's what it says. So we must have had some sort of joke going what what necklace what necklace did you give him probably one you made with like a leather strip and a cross on it probably the second one is also from bud the stud and he wrote shannon and then he crossed it out and wrote barbara which not sure what that means this one's pretty good hey how are you doing i'm doing good i just got back from the beach i caught a lot of waves you know that girl Adair? I've called her house three times <laughs> three times since we got back from camp. I called her today and she said I couldn't call her never again. Well, I like her a lot. What should I do? I need some advice. And please send me a picture of you. Please send me some people's addresses so I could write them like anybody I know. Thanks. P.S. Right back. Love, Bud the Stud. And this is just like the story of my life. The boy I like. Writes me letters about the girl he likes. I was constantly in the friend zone. Oh my God. That is so painful. Not only is he's like, hey, uh, do you remember a dare? What, what's going on with a dare? Do you like a dare? Do you remember a dare? Do you know where a dare is? And then you're beautiful, not. And then can I have everyone's? Can I just get everyone's address that you know? Just like everyone's. Yeah. I have one. Mine are mostly ones campers wrote to me. When we were counselors. Yeah. So here's one that says, what up in camp? Today's my B-day. I'm 13. Last week I went to Six Flags and a Braves game. I rode the Batman ride at Six Flags. It was awesome. Have you had any good groups like us? We were the best group in the world. I taught some of my friends the banana song, but they didn't care too much for it. Well, that's about all I can say now. Your friend and camper, the Mac Daddy. Aw. P.S. Major loser times 10 equals you. P.P.S. Soccer rules. And so does capture the flag. Oh, capture the flag does rule. I love that. Absolutely. And then the next one says, Dear Camille, I will miss you this summer. I hope you have a great one. One more thing. You rock, Camille. Love, Francis. P.S. Thank you for being extra nice when Marie made fun of me. Aw. What'd you do, Francis, is what I want to know. Poor little Francis. What'd you do, girl? I love that camp. Maybe we should back up and and kind of describe it a little bit. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. These were week-long summer camps. It wasn't like you were dropped off and you were there all summer, like in Parent Trap or anything like that, which was pretty much my frame of reference for what camp was throughout my childhood. And the (laughs) camp was on a lake. There were houses and other regular lake activities going on around the camp. And there were two Mm -hmm. sides. On one side, you had a conference center and the cafeteria and this pavilion. And that's where the canoes were and the swimming area. And then on the other side were the cabins and the arts and crafts room slash bathroom area. And Vespers. Do you remember Vespers? Vespers. (laughs) I was just going to say, and Vespers, where we would praise him. We'd sing songs. Yeah. And praise Jesus. Yeah. Every morning. Our Lord and Savior. Every morning. 
And then there were like some of the team building obstacle course things on, on that cabin side too. And to get from one side to the other, you followed a path through the woods and over a bridge. I feel like it was probably not that long of a path, but it seemed long, especially in the dark and treacherous. Yeah, it felt long as as a camper, obviously, but mm-hmm. even as a counselor, it also felt pretty far removed from everything. Yeah. And when we first started going there as campers, they were just these like army green canvas tents, tents yeah. with a plat like a wood platform. Mm-hmm floor um and then later we got the actual cabins right with the you know stereotypical bunk beds and and that kind of thing but this i like talk to people who went to other camps and i've been at weddings at where the camp has been like rented and that's where the wedding was Mm -hmm. and those camps had like horses and water slides and zip lines and you know kind of like all these very extravagant extracurricular activities and this was a very bare bones camp yeah it was capture the flag it was worshiping it was doing skits in the well i don't even know what that thing was called i called it a pavilion but i don't think that's what we called it then yes in the pavilion and at one point it was like an open air building and then at some point they kept the stage but like made it more like a big barn it was enclosed oh really i think so i don't remember that it was very bare bones. It was canoes and just the things that you think about when you think about a stereotypical camp. Yeah, it was imagination camp. It was imagination camp. Yes, imagination <laughs> yeah. camp. I do remember bug juice though. Yeah, it was like Kool-Aid, but times a hundred with sweet. Yeah. Sweet, the sweet stuff. But then once you, because it was day camp when you were younger and then- it became like a three-night sleepover camp or something. And then you got to go the week. Right. And when you did the week, the end of the week or one of the nights you would have your cookout mm-hmm. and you wouldn't go to the dining hall. You would do a cookout at your own yes. campfire. And that was like my favorite night because you got to make, what did we make? You like um, those tin foil things with food, with potatoes. Hobos. Hobos. We made those. Yeah s'mores of course i remember we made some like tacos sometimes tacos were very big yeah and we would use like a dutch oven and make like a cobbler with Mm -hmm. biscuits on top it was Mm -hmm. like it was very i can't believe no one got sick (laughs) (laughs) because i didn't know how to cook on a fire but i did it when we were when you were a counselor or a kid because yeah when we were a counselor Love that aspect of being a counselor. And I wonder if that's kind of every camp you go to. You know, I don't want to mention Red Hot American Summer over and over, but it was like we were in charge of children and we, and we probably shouldn't have been to to a certain degree. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, we didn't know how to cook over an open fire. And like our first aid was very rudimentary. You know, it was like, oh, here's a baby. Right. Spray it with Bactine. My motivation was really more about me than about caring for children. <laughs> I was really in it for a lot of the social aspects. Can you please can you please elaborate? I was just really into the social voice part of things and I had uh, <laughs> like as a counselor my uh ratio of boyfriends 
was much better at camp than it was in regular life. I think I had two pretty serious boyfriends at camp. You did. And let me tell you what, the one, the first one was so fucking hot. Oh, he was, he was so beautiful. It, it was kind of stupid how beautiful he was. He was so nice too. And he was like a, he was like a hip, a hippie too kind of he was like a hippie and he liked ska music and he was kind he was of like a, a punk yeah. hipster hippie before we knew what that like sexy combination was and he was just so so nice to me and i was so cruel to him when we broke up and my second boyfriend i feel like was karma for how i treated the first one <laughs> because the second <laughs> one was pretty terrible to me but um I don't know. It's kind of like the real world, in my opinion. Like you put a bunch of young people in this little microcosm together and they're going to hook up and they're going to partner off and there will be love stories. They might not have done that in the real world. It's because you're in this, in this like very secluded kind of group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the greatest loves of my life, I mean, literally top two probably I met at camp. I remember we went to a fair in a parking lot of a Walmart. Do you remember that? Not specifically. It was like the first couple of nights that we were there, like learning about each other before kids got there. And there was a, a legitimate fair with a Ferris wheel in a parking lot. And I asked him to ride the Ferris wheel with me. And that was all over. It was like we were, that was it. Aww. Like day two. But this is how, this is how shitty I am. I was like, which one do I want? (laughs) I'm going to do that one. Like, like they had no choice in the matter, (laughs) which because I did that when I was younger and it worked so many times, probably because I was just the one who like went after it. I now, as an adult, think that that still works, and it hasn't in about 10 years. So I need to, like, read a book or something about dating. I don't know. Oh. But yes, I remember that was a a wonderful romance summer. Yes. Summer of romance. Well, and when we worked there together right after high school, there were three guys that came well, I think one was from Ireland and two were from Scotland. So we had kind of this. Two was from Ireland. Was that it? Two were from Ireland. And yeah. One, and one was, was from, from Scotland. Scotland. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an exotic thing. We got to hang out with people from another part of the world and they were all very cute and handsome. Oh my God. They were all handsome and they were so exotic. Oh my God. It was like, what? What are y'all doing here? And they loved clove cigarettes. And we would have to go to the mall to some like random little head shop or something all the time so they could buy clove cigarettes. (laughs) I do remember. Oh my God. That was such a fun summer. That was like quintessential film like camp film like mm-hmm. he the my my camp love and I I mean carved our initials in a tree like Aww. we got to be co-counselors and it was like so romantic so Shannon we talked a little bit about this you know these kind of very nostalgic lovely parts about summer love and camp but sometimes things do go wrong they do at camp Sometimes the facade of friendship and fellowship and love and praising his name is one thing, but what's really happening behind the scenes? 
There's always a creepy camp leader somewhere. Yeah. Or the counselor nobody wants to work with. Because our cabins were pairs. So you would have a boy's cabin and a girl's cabin together. And you had a co-counselor who would, you know, stay with the boys. And you all kind of worked together during the day. And there was always one guy that no one wanted to work with. And probably a girl too. And maybe it was me. I don't know. but It wasn't Shannon, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> But one thing that occurred to me was like, what do you do when you have people at your camp who are unfamiliar with your culture or they don't know certain things? You try to prank them, right? Yeah, of course. Like, you might take them snipe hunting. Oh, now, Shannon, I think snipe hunting is something that is an American tradition of uh, a childhood American tradition. Correct. Lovely. And we did have some very exotic guys from... The United Kingdom. We did. And I think we took at least one of them snipe hunting. Yes. And if we could stop giggling. I had to look up snipe hunting to make sure it wasn't just like some random thing that was very specific to either our childhood or... Yeah. It is a thing. It is a thing. And it's very common at camps to do this. And And let's just put a, um, a disclosure on this right now. If you plan on going snipe hunting with a friend that you're currently listening with, go ahead and have that friend leave the room at this point in time, just so they don't get any of the uh, extra skills. They don't, they're not cheating by getting the extra skills needed to snipe hunt. Yeah. We should give them a second, but snipes, I guess, I mean, you, part of the beauty of snipe hunting is really making up the story around them. Like I remember like what it was and how you described it and like the call that they would make would all change just depending on how, on the, on the you know, how your imagination was going that day. I always remember it being described as like a little furry creature in the woods and you could go out with like a pillowcase and catch one and you know, but I mean, the joke is that you take someone out snipe hunting and then you take their flashlight and you leave them in the woods alone without a flashlight. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so we did this with one of the Irish. No, this was the Scottish, Scottish guy. Yeah. Some people took him out in the woods. And I remember at night after we had put the kids to sleep, a lot of the counselors would gather in that arts and crafts room where the showers and the bathrooms were. Mm -hmm. And this is when the snipe hunting escapade happened. And I remember I was hanging out in the arts and crafts room when they came running back to the group and they were frantic. And at first we thought they were trying to... To like reverse prank us? Reverse prank us. And they were... talking in a way like talking over each other they weren't making any sense and finally we kind of gleaned that they found a body in the woods is that yes do you remember a body at the shore of yes like of the lake once we kind of believed them i think people went back to confirm because they could be reverse pranking us and i probably because i was such a chicken shit i probably like ran to pretend i was protecting our my campers but i probably just went and hid somewhere (laughs) Using them as a shield or something. <laughs> well, and I, I think, too, what's important to note is that we had no phones. 
on the cabin side of camp. There were no cell phones. Someone had to run to the other side of camp to let the camp director and the camp manager know and to call, I guess, medical or you know, an ambulance or something. And in the meantime, I remember going back to my cabin and closing all the window flaps. They had those tarps that would go mm-hmm. over the screen windows because they were going to be bringing police cars and an ambulance through the camp. And I didn't want to scare the kids because we had just like a week-long elementary camp I think I think we lied to those kids a lot but I don't know how we ended up explaining it but in the end I think what we learned was that this guy had been fishing with friends in the area earlier that day and somehow he had ended up on the shore maybe to go to the bathroom or something and his friends left him and he was drunk he was yeah, like or, passed out. That's when yeah, they found he him. Was, he was, we, it was not a dead body, which is what, you know, at first we were like, oh God, there's a dead body. There's a murderer on the loose. Like it went, it went from like very sweet camp to Friday the 13th very quickly in my mind. I was like, oh God, yeah. well, there's obviously someone murdering people and we have to protect the children, AKA myself. And what do we do? Yes. But yeah, it was just some dude who got real drunk fishing and was passed out on the shore. Mm -hmm. And thank God it was like late at night or it was later at night. Yeah. And there weren't kids around. Well, and it's just so crazy that, you know, all of the circumstances lined up to be like the night that we were going to prank the Scottish guy and send him snipe hunting. Like he could, it could have gone so differently. We may never have known he was even there, or maybe we would have gotten up for Vespers the next morning and there would have been someone snoring Some on the bank. I mean, I feel like that would have been worse, but we just happened like that night to find him. Or, you know, they did. I didn't find them. I was too busy flirting in the arts and crafts room with my, boyfriend of three days do you have any confessions um yeah I mean this is a a confession but at the same time kind of like a duh when my boy my camp boyfriend and I were counselors together we always would make up stories that Um, The kids needed to go to sleep early, (laughs) whether it was like a big storm was coming or they were doing, uh, the head of the camp was doing extra checks and everybody needed to be in bed. And, um, and then we would go to, sometimes there would be an empty campsite if they didn't have all the camp cabins filled. And we would go to that campsite and like dry hump and make out all over the place. And then once a kid was looking for us and we weren't there to help her. And she went to another cabin where another counselor Oops. was busted, busted. And we were like, we were there the whole time. She just wasn't opening her eyes. And then we weren't allowed to be counselors anymore together. Oops. Mine is also kind of camp related. And you'll remember this Camille because there was camp during the week with the kids. And then there was, camp after the kids left left i don't know camp after dark or something (laughs) but we got a little wild at camp on the weekends sometimes and we were definitely doing some things that we probably shouldn't have been doing and i remember at one point my boyfriend had stolen some wine that was in the refrigerator (laughs) why would wine be there i 
don't know. I, I guess they did have like groups that would come in throughout the year and rent out the um, that, um, conference center. That conference center, yeah. And so someone had at some point either hosted an event there and had left the wine that was left over. Anyway, we took it and we drank it. You bad girl. <laughs> so that's my confession. Dang. And we can't get in trouble now. Statue of Limitations is out, is over. That's right. Right? What are they going to do? Revoke our, I mean, we probably made about $1.50 an hour working Oh, there. my God. <laughs> if that. If that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you work all day. I mean, you're there. You all day there. and all night. And we made no money, which is why my parents were like, no, you're going to work in a ceramic oxygen sensor factory after you cut yourself too many times selling knives. Well, that's it, guys, for our season one of Unrefined. I can't believe it. We we did it. We went and left it all out there on the table for you guys. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we have enjoyed making it for you. And we're really excited to get started on season two. That's right. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram so that you can stay up to date with when we launch season two. And so you can continue to send in some stories. We would really like to hear more from our listeners in season two. And we just want to also put out there that that you don't have to have experience in storytelling or podcasting to be welcomed onto the show. We really, we really feel that everyone in this life has extraordinary stories and you might not find them to be that interesting, but you never know how they'll affect other people's lives or how they will make connections as well. So yeah, keep those stories coming. 